Sterling is twelve. Oh my God! Here we are live. We are live on Facebook, ladies. Hey, hey, hey! Glad about it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the New Girlfriends Podcast, and we are three of the five girlfriends that will come to you weekly at seven thirty Eastern Time every week, every Thursday. Let me introduce our each other. Everybody, most folks know me, Miss Renee Brown Moser, or really my new name is Renee Moser. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. And then that other lady in the middle with that big, beautiful smile, that's. I'm LJ Crawford, Lisa Jacqueline Crawford. I'm happy to be here too. <laughs> we got a word. Yes. And. You beautiful lady on the end. Hi, everyone. My name is Crystal McNeely. Excited to be here as well. Yes. So let's get started, ladies. Let's let's just get started. We've had a long day. We've had a long week. And now we're talking about, despite all of the long things we've had to do, we are here being reliable. Yeah. And so why being reliable is a must. I mean, really, why, why is this important to you all? I mean... Well, in my industry, Crystal, you mind? Go, please. In my industry, um, the hospitality industry, if you have our hourly employee, if that employee, one employee has been working since 7 a.m. and they're anxious to get off, have planned second jobs to get off by four, and then this other person doesn't show up for another hour and there's no management to relieve them, that person is unreliable and I would probably never want to work behind in front of them again. So reliability is very important, not just in that part, but just in relationships, period. What's your thoughts? I'll follow that. I'll follow you. Yeah, to me, um, reliability is just a foundational characteristic that I believe that each person needs to bring or should be bringing to each uh, sphere of their lives, right? And um, as uh, Crawford spoke about in like our careers, we need to be reliable with other people depending upon us and their lives and their decisions depend upon us. Um, in the field that I do, I work with children. Um, I'm very uh, active in ministry as well as with my family members. And reliability to me is just a characteristic like a trustworthiness, right? Uh, someone can look at me and know that I'm dependable, that I'll be there. Um, and in that, to me, it just creates a safety. It creates a safety for other people to just be. They know that I'm going to be reliable with their remote emotions, trustworthy, that you know you can confide in me um, with the children that I work with, with my family. It just creates an atmosphere of safety that people can begin to blossom and uh, you know, almost be their full identity and their full selves. That's beautiful. Well, but let me ask you this because it seems so simple, right? Everything you all are saying. You know, being reliable. We know it's it's something you should be, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, in your personal relationships. But yet, it's something that seriously, that's an issue. It's a deficit today. Like people, and and, and let's say something else about reliability, right? Because it's not just being reliable in in the sense of uh, you told someone you would do something. It's also being being truthful, right? And if someone asks your opinion, or in particular your friend, and you can't, and you don't feel like you can tell them the truth, 
maybe because you think it might hurt their feelings or better yet, you don't want to engage in an argument. So instead of being honest, you, you say, oh, well, you make an excuse about whatever it is you're trying to get out of. But the, per but you, the person who does that doesn't see that as not being reliable. They don't see that as an issue. Help me to understand that. Mm. Wow. So the person that, I had to run it back one more time. So you have one person <laughs> that needs to say something and they don't, they blow it mm -hmm. off. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm simply talking about being truthful, period. Right. So if you're if you consider yourself to be a reliable person, reliability means I'm going to be reliable regardless of if, if it offends you. As long as I didn't present anything to you in a disrespectful, rude way, I'm going to speak the truth. Right. Right, okay. But what I'm saying is oftentimes we refrain from being truthful because we don't want to deal with consequences that could potentially come as a result of being truthful. And therefore, then you so in effect to me, you're becoming unreliable. Right. OK. Gotcha. And I'm saying that that's a huge issue. That's just as much of an issue to me as you not showing up for work or you calling in from work all the time. I mean, we're, we're just talking about basic character and, and, and or, or being reliable in the sense that you have an ability to be, let me see, if you have a job that requires you to make a judgment about people, or let's say as an attorney or a judge, maybe that's not a good example. I'm, I'm trying to think of, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you have a situation where, and Crystal, help me out here because I think we kind of talked about this, and it might have been me and Simone. But I'm, I'm talking about where people are in positions and people are dependent upon them to make sound decisions, but they aren't making those sound decisions, or, or yeah, they aren't making the best decision because they have hidden biases. So therefore, the decisions they make really can't be relied upon, right? right? Because right. they had some kind of bias or better yet, it's kind of like when you are making a decision and you have some uh, hidden agenda, you have some self-interest, right? Uh, uh, use the situations where judges who were sending juveniles to jail, to jail or adults to jail because they were getting kickbacks from those who owned the jails, right? So their right. decisions, you, you, you really couldn't rely on their decision, even though people did. And then after the fact, we realized, oh my God, they told us that these kids really deserve to go to jail when in fact they didn't. Right. I think what I hear you say is just a, a person that, I mean, I know I can just speak for myself. A lot of people laugh because my mom laughs about it often because she says that I don't know how to lie. Like it's written on my face. It's written in my emotions. Like somebody come at me with something. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it, you could read that. I think it's dumb. It's stupid or whatever, for whatever reason uh, it may be. But I think that a lot of people find safety in that because you kind of know where I'm coming from. I don't really, it's hard for me to hide an agenda or it's hard for me to participate if there's something I haven't spoken on or something that I haven't been honest about. Like I can't, 
give my all. I think that I've trained myself to, you know, I love, I love to give all my heart, all my passion into everything that I do. I'm an extremely passionate person, but if I'm not feeling it, you gonna know it. You know, like my mighty God, like oh Lord, you know, and myself. But then I'm not even being my authentic self. But I think what I hear you say is when women or people in general aren't being honest, even about their feelings, even in my you might be stuck at a job right. that you're not honest about, that you really don't enjoy. And it becomes difficult. Now you're unreliable because now we don't even know, like, are you really, you know, are you here? Are you just doing, you know, for a check? But right. I, personally, I don't want to hire people like that. I'm like, I would rather you just be honest. If you're mad, cuss me out or, you know, however, excuse my vernacular. Right. You mad, be mad. You know, I, I got more respect for that than being phony. And I don't even know where you're coming from any given day. So um, I think that's what I hear you say. No, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And that's exactly what, that's the way I am. You know where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, you can rely on Renee that if, if I told you something, I've done my due diligence. Right. So you can trust what I'm telling you. Right. And, uh, um, if I'm not feeling you, I'm going to tell you that. I'm not going to pretend. And you know something else, ladies? Now check this out. So I just got married, right? And it just really hit me. Thank you. It just really hit me yesterday, thinking about I, I was not feeling my husband for a minute, um, and I was thinking about you know how people you know you get upset and you use that as an excuse to cheat or to do something that's improper. And it dawned on me like you have to really be a dummy person to cheat. Now, now follow, follow me here because you know, we're talking about reliability, but cheating and coming home and lying, like I, I cannot do that. It's no way I could go out with another man, lay with another man and come to my home with my husband and act like I haven't been anywhere. <laughs> so I started thinking about, oh my God, I thought about Bill Clinton. For a minute, and I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's heavy. If, if you can lie to someone and to a whole bunch of someone, and we're not talking about lying about you're drinking when you shouldn't be drinking, even you're doing drugs. We're talking about you're lying to somebody that you're laying in bed with. Oh, I I, I love you. <laughs> I love you." And time you get up the next day, you going off to your other person yeah. and doing, having a whole life, hanging out, traveling. What do you think about that? Like, that's beyond. My mind can't even conceive that, even though it's happened to me. I thought, well, how can you? I asked mine. I said, how can you know that I know? <laughs> And still come to me and say that you love me. How can you know that I know? And then these bills still not getting paid. I said, you know, I need to make a decision. One thing about something like that, there comes a time when we have to say, like uh, Crystal said, there's no safety here. There's truly no love here. I can't depend on them. I can't trust them. And all of those things sum up to you are not reliable, sir. 
And it's time for me to bounce. And that's exactly what I did. Praise my name. Yeah, but I, I want to dig into the, the, the spirit that's going on in you that you can just, I mean, no, I'm, I'm serious. Because when I really thought about what it takes for you to lie to somebody like that, like seriously, and don't get me wrong, we all can change, we all can grow, we do grow, we do change. But 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 what state? What's going on in you when you can carry that those kind of lies on? You know, I mean, for extended periods, we're not even talking about uh, maybe an incident. We're talking about when people are really living double lives. And they really are lying. Like, what do you all think? Do you think that's a, I mean, what do you think of that person? What do you think of that kind of person? What, what I mean, really? Crystal? Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'm a little newer to the dating world and all of that jazz. Um, oh, come on, you're not 16. I'm not 16, but I was a little focused early in my year. <laughs> okay. So I you know, I, I came into the uh, data about a few years ago, um, 33 now. So, um, but for me, just speaking on a spiritual aspect, just thinking about what it is that causes people to fragment from God's original design of who they are, um, for someone to be able to do that and to dishonor a commitment or a covenant in that sense, I would like to see, I, I would begin to think about the foundational fragments, okay? So like a foundation, a fragment in their soul. So, you know, how God has designed us to be an individual. He's designed us to be made in his image. But traumas, experiences, our decisions, um, you know, things that we put ourselves through, things that you know, were involuntary done to us, kind of fragment, chip away at that person, that soul had God, that holistic soul that God has created us to be. So now you have all these dings and chips and we begin to fill it with other stuff. And I think that is what removes someone's capacity to be honest and to be dependable um, because they have all these fragments and they filled it with other stuff or basically trash and, you know, and for lack of better words. And now it's easier for you to go and do something like that and to, you know, be dishonest and look at somebody faced and lie where, you know, somebody else who with no experiences or points of points of reference for that wouldn't know what to do with it. Like, I'd be like, yo, fam, like, wait, wait, what, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing? You know? Um, but for me, that's what I think about. Like, okay, you must be pretty broken. And then it's the question of being equally yoked and all that other stuff. So at that point, I'm like, all right, God bless. On your way. <laughs> well, now, let's ask about this. Thinking of it from a perspective of, let's let's delve into this cheating for just a second. Do you think that someone who has demonstrated clearly being unreliable, untrustworthy, do you think they can be redeemed? Do you think if they come back and say, "Hey, you know, I'm really sorry." Um. I'm I'm just sorry. I didn't mean it. I love you. As for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I um you know, I believe that people can change because God knows I have changed. Uh, I'm not the person I used to be, and I'm thankful for that. But in the same breath, I would have to if I was to take somebody back they would have to show me so much 
in them in them that I had never seen before. I mean, they'd have to really dig. They'd have to climb Mount Everest to Come get on. me to backpedal because I don't backpedal, you know. And so what Crystal said about the foundation of this thing, you know, there's the void inside of a person can lead to that. Like mine, he didn't have a relationship with his father. They didn't know what it looked like to be in a loving, good relationship. I was a, he was abandoned at, you know, a young age. So all of those things. And then when I asked him, after we became friends again, I asked him, I said, why did you cheat on me? You had, I mean, there was nothing that you should have needed out there. He said, you are such a sweet spirit. Listen to this contradiction. You're such a sweet spirited person and you never really got mad. And I thought that I could and get away with it. What the diabolical contradiction is that? <laughs> just, I mean, I didn't understand that, but that's the way he was. I, and I, but now that, now that to me sounds like a person, for lack of a better phrase, with a real character flaw. Yeah. And because he didn't really think it was a problem. I mean, is that, I mean, is that what you heard, Crystal? In that case, he didn't think it was a problem. And, and on top of the fact, he figured he could do it and get away with it. Well, he but I'm talking about... He just thought that she was easier to get it over with, like, get over on it. Because if he didn't think it was a problem, he should have been honest, like, yo, ma'am, you know, I'm going to hang out. You know, that to me, to me, no, you man. knew, like, the, the fact that you were sneaking tells me you knew it was wrong. That you to me. Wrong. Huh? I, I didn't even know I had a temper until I met this guy. So when it hit the fan... And I had turned into a gangster for an evening. They settled down. But by that time, I was done. <laughs> but I'm still saying I feel like that's a character flaw to me. Okay, so I'm gonna use let's let's use something in popular media, I guess. And so that would be the housewives. Let's let's use Portia from the Atlanta Housewives. Okay. And and her husband or fiance. And the whole situation they had with him cheating on her and him, you know, basically apologizing. And he didn't say, I, I thought I could get over on you. He just said, we were having issues and I didn't handle it right. Now, that's the bottom line. He said, we were having issues and he didn't handle it right. I mean, to me, is that redeemable? I, I kind of think so. I, with him in that situation, I probably would have took him back too, because men, uh, that after what is that you go through after you have a baby that makes you crazy? Postpartum, um, oh. it's real, and he that was one of his things. He said, you know, we struggled through that postpartum, and she was, you know, she knew it, and things had leveled out, and he was used to one thing, but he just didn't have enough self control, and he honored. He said that to her. So I would have given him another chance, but that would have been his only other chance. What because about I you, newbie? <laughs> well, being a novice, um, ooh, that's a tough one. I, 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 I personally probably wouldn't bounce back for that. <laughs> I think that um, it just depends on the his. I would have to look at a, several factors: the history. Um, the amount of issues prior to, um, because I think 
before someone leads up, there's probably breaks in the communication or relationship prior to uh, something like a culminating act as such is that. Um, so I would have to evaluate everything and kind of do a cost benefit analysis and decide whether or not that you are the one or I should I move on and look for another. Um, but I might have a little more energy in the game. I don't know. I don't know. I, I probably would say, God bless you and send you on and block you. My block game is strong. They be like, they like, girl, you drop I'm like, you know, I don't have time. Like when you get older and I never I didn't date early, so I don't know the game. Like I just to me it's all interesting. It's interesting. I'm a diehard Porsche fan. So having I really keep up with Porsche. I don't keep up with a lot of people. But I love that little girl. I want her to be happy so bad. <laughs> but um, all the things leading up to it, you know, her, him moved in the house. They moved in too fast together. You know, and then she wanted to have him pay rent. He was in one room. So it was just, it was a lot of building blocks before the baby came. Okay. You know? So I, I guess me looking at it from her standpoint, I can understand her taking him back. Right. Well, I guess I kind of feel like this. And so that brings us back, Crystal, to the to the spirituality, right? Because right. we say that we are women of God now. <laughs> so just as much as we want people to be reliable, we are we also have to demonstrate mercy. So if we because oftentimes I'm, I'm thinking we let our God down with some of our thoughts and actions. But yet God never uh, sort of turns turns his back on us. So if a person really comes back and says, I'm sorry, and maybe owns I have an issue or issues, I think I, I, I think especially in a marriage, especially in a marriage, but I'm gonna just say even in a friendship, because it can be girlfriends, right? We, we're friends. And you tell me you're going to do something and you don't do it. It hurt my feelings. My, my, I, I used to be a person to be like, okay, I'm cutting you off. I'm never talking to you because I'm angry about it. I'm, yeah, I'm never talking to you. But now as a mature woman of God, it's like, no, nah, that's not how you do things. You got to be a bit more understanding. And then you have to be willing to show mercy. And I'll tell you something else. I, there was a, a, a quote or something on LinkedIn yesterday and somebody had posted and it was about making mistakes and how mistakes are not permanent failures. I think it says something like that. You know, you, you learn from them and to be truthful, a lot of times people are probably unreliable before they become very reliable. Maybe not everybody, but I'm just saying, what are your thoughts, Lisa? Yeah, I agree with that. There, there are some people that um, have been very unreliable to me. But as friends, only in that kind of relationship will I go back and be like, okay, let me check out what's really going on. You know, and I humble myself. I humble myself not too long ago. I have a girlfriend and we never talked, but we've been friends since about 15 years old. But something happened in our family, I reached out. To say, you know, give her a note. We talk for a few minutes, and we'll probably never talk again till who knows when. But I have to make a conscious 
decision to reach out to people because I know they back background, you know? And, you know, I, I give a lot of mercy when it comes to friendship, girlfriends. Oh, but not a man. <laughs> not, not a man. <laughs> I, I mean, come on, ladies. Now, and, and we have to talk about this because now, now that's really deep, bringing it back to us as women. So using the examples that we still on this relationship kind of thing. So Crystal, especially for you, so we already know you you, you got block games, so you probably got low patience too. <laughs> so you tap so there I'm working on it. <laughs> so therefore, okay, let's give a scenario. Your your girlfriend and your boyfriend ended up hooking up. But you can forgive him, but you never you don't talk to her again. See, I probably be done with both of them personally. <laughs> that's just how I roll. But what you're talking about with mercy and stuff, it makes so much sense. And that's something I think that the way or the patterns in which people operate mercy and forgiveness is kind of how we operate mercy and forgiveness in our relationship with God one on one with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you have what they call more of the um, orphan spirit or, you know, you feel like if you do something wrong, God, you know, he doesn't love you. He ain't thinking about mm -hmm. you. You're harsher on yourself. That pattern kind of translates into relationships. And I, I know for me, God has begun. I've been on a journey of deliverance from that. However, um, I think it really is subjective, right? Like, okay, what are you willing to, like every woman has their deal breakers and every woman has their tolerance level. It's going to be different woman to woman because of our own experiences. And for me, I don't have a point of reference for that. So that probably be the deal breaker personally where I might allow him to, I don't know, nothing stupid because I, I don't have much patience. But I mean, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm being real, you know, just keep me real. Um, I've never been cheated on, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I, I try well, not things I don't, I'm not too familiar on, but yeah. Well, I, well, I gotta say, so Lisa, we old enough to know now. <laughs> wait a minute, you know, my my daughter asked me, I think it was last year, the year before, you know, mom, what if you, what if you got married? What if your husband cheated on you with your girlfriend? Would you basically forgive them? And I, I had to admit that at this point in my life, I absolutely would because of where I am in terms of my maturity. Right. I haven't always been here. There's a time I would have been just like you, Crystal. No, they both got to go. I don't care what they said, blah, 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 blah. But it's different now. I'm mature now. I know a little bit better now. And, and and so, and the one thing I know for sure, if I can forgive him, like women so often do, <laughs> it might be the kryptonite. I don't know what makes us do it, but we will forgive him, but we will not forgive our girlfriend. And that I don't understand. I don't understand. And the man can be so unreliable. He's already shown us he lies. He cheats. Some women even got men who steal from them. Mm -hmm. And they take them back. But a girlfriend, they're like, I'm never talking to her again. Come on now. I mean, even in the church, like, 
the pastor, you have several women sleeping with the pastor and they will all not talk to each other. <laughs> Might have some, yeah, I've heard these kind of stories and, but yet we're talking to the men. Why is that? Cause your girlfriend, usually your girlfriend, she knows your heart. You cried to her, you've been with her, you talked to her. Too. She loves you. She you. And not only that, I think intimacy, non-sexual intimacy is built easier. Intimacy is right. It's just a, I, I heard this uh, quote, it's called like, intimacy. They analogize it's an into me, you see. I think women show themselves intimately to other women because, right, we can identify with each other. We understand feelings and all that kind of stuff. And for men, intimacy, I've seen and I've noticed it's strictly, you know, sexual and physical. So it's harder to have that same intimacy. So when you are hurt by someone that you've been intimate with, um, as far as sharing your heart, your feelings, your deepest secrets, it's a little more, it's harder to, I mean, forgiveness to me is different. Like, okay, I can forgive you, but I may not go back to where we were. Like, you're still going to in your access to my heart. Um, but as far as into me, into me, you see, I think it's we're more intimate with girlfriends than we are with a male, unless you've intentionally, you know, built it with the male. And that comes with time, history, and stuff like that. Um, to me, to me, again, I'm an honest, right? So I have to preference that, uh, you know, with that. So, yeah. <laughs> but I guess I'm not understanding that though, Krista. You're saying women. We have this into me, you see, we're letting each other into us. We're letting the men into us. And, and, and I think when your body connects, you really letting them into you. That's true. So yeah. I'm saying if this man who I don't get, who I've let into my body has let me down, but yet I can forgive him. And Lisa, who I have let into my heart and spirit as a girlfriend, I have shared deep, dark secrets. Maybe some of the same secrets I shared with him. She let me down. Why can't I love her again as my girlfriend, as my sister friend, like I'm loving this man who, who lied again? I mean, really. This might be over my head. <laughs> it might be a little over my head, but I, I also know that I have forgiven people. I've never been in this situation ever. But I've seen it, and mm -hmm. the girl, the lady, the wife, she forgave because we was all in the church together. She forgave them. She just didn't deal with them. So she said, I can forgive them if they needed something. I could help them, but I don't need them in my inner circle anymore. Right, I think that's where the broader discussion is. Like, what does forgiveness look like? It's just, you know, releasing you from a debt that you, I believe that you owe me, but your access is different. Um, I think forgiveness is owed to everybody. Like, that is something biblical, right? That's a commandment we have to forgive. So forgiveness is one thing. Repeated access. Now, that's a whole different story. Now, I, you know, what I hear you say, Renee, like the women give the men access again. I, I can't speak to it. I don't know. I, I, and and I think what I'm saying there, yeah, that is what women do. We, we, yeah. we many women, and, and while I haven't personally been in the situation like this, I have definitely seen it over and over and over. And the thing that really it bothers me as women, why can you forgive a man 
but you can't forgive this sister who really may be very sorry that she hurt you. I mean, she's really sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy is forgiven and then he goes back and do it, does it again. Yeah. You don't know. I don't know. Messy, that's matters too high for us. <laughs> Cause I've never really been, honestly, I I was married and then I went from being married, divorced to being in the church, preaching, teaching, raising my kids and working for 13 years. And then after that, I met somebody and, you know, I haven't really been in a really, really strong relationship. So I'm because of my block game, you get two point far into my patience, my lack of, I you got that. So I, I haven't got that. I don't, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> so, so, so as we wrap up, let me ask you ladies this, because you, you both have mentioned that you these block games, which means that you forgive, but you kind of struggle with putting, some, restoring people. Now, 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 and I don't want to get too biblical, mm-hmm. but if you are going biblical, then the Bible says forgive and restore, which really would mean that that person or persons would have access to you again. And I, I've had strangers that have, you know, done me wrong, but I will go back to them and I will go back and try to get to the root of the problem with a stranger. I haven't had enough experience in long-term relationships to say whether I would try to restore somebody who almost destroyed me, who I allowed to just rip me apart and I had to re regroup, go to church, get celibate for 13 years and after being married and quit drinking and all this stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't have a, I can't answer that. Truth. <laughs> I love it. I had a narcissist who I thought he was awesome. He was a writer, playwright, and all this stuff. I thought we was going to make this dude flipped on me. I blocked him, but you know what I did? I turned right around and sent him $50 so that he to be a, a sponsor at one of his events. He said, I can't. He sent me a text. I said, I sent him the thing. I said, respond quickly so I can reblock your number. He said, I can't you did this. I appreciate you, and I'm so sorry. Good. We're out. <laughs> so, you know, I can't restore those that don't want to be restored. Yeah, hardcore. Crystal, I see, I see your mind turning. I think it depends. I think this is another one that it depends. I think there's a lot of factors that uh, a lot of people don't acknowledge. So I've had relationships that have shifted um, due to someone being unreliable or untrustworthy. But at the end of the day, once I began to evaluate it, it was really because seasons change, right? And I, I changed. And if the friendship doesn't develop with you, then it's not going to work. It, it can be a breakdown as far as infidelity or something, or it can be a breakdown as far as somebody, you know, doing something light and stupid. Um, it can go, you know, it can run the gamut. So for me, it just depends on both parties' willingness to develop and change. So when I look at women that go back to the husband, maybe there has been a commitment for both of them to change and develop and to grow together and figure it out. Um so I, that part I just could never speak to, right? Because we're not in that relationship. 
But as far as for friendships and girlfriends, when there's been breakdowns and friendships that I've had, um, I have to evaluate their willingness to grow. And do you even have a language for where I am now? A lot of people understand where I've been. You understand where I'm at. But if you don't have a language for my future, we'll never be proper friends because we're unequally yoked. You can't speak to my moments. You can't speak to my problems. You can't even encourage me if you don't even have the capacity to understand where I'm headed. So I think that is a conversation that women and people in general should make or have when it comes to relationships and reevaluating for restoring. Because restoring means that they're, you're meeting on a level of proper design. It's not even ordained for you, for that person to be in your future, then there may be a necessary shift that God has just allowed in something. So there's just a lot of factors that it can get a bit convoluted if you know not looked at thoroughly. Let me, let me just ahead, say man. one more thing. I when I when I was married, I left my husband five times, mm. and I went back the last time when he had the big cheek because I wasn't always a great person. And mm. I said, well, when you do something, that's something that people forget. Those seeds that you plant, they shall have a harvest. And when it hits you, it's gonna hit you hard. So when it hit me, it hit me harder. But I went back after that because I knew where I had been and what I had done. But then when I sat there, things just kept getting worse and worse. I said, Lord, if I am okay to leave, will you give me a sign, please? And I, we had a problem with our light staying on. But this particular time, I like Bill was played. Don't you know, I was sitting there combing my daughter's hair and I prayed that prayer and the lights went out. Hmm. I called my sister. I said, it's time to go. And I never went back. So I tried to make it work. It just wasn't an, it just wasn't meant to happen. Yeah. Well, and I think as as we close again, I, I think what's really key here is you see how being unreliable creates so much anxiety, tension, problems, hurt, um, and trust issues, right? Because when you've had when you've experienced a lot of unreliability from people, situations, it, ma it makes it difficult for you to trust people, right. for you to trust others, and certainly to trust those that are, that are close to you, right? right. So uh, just in closing for me, I, I guess I just want to encourage people to really, at all costs, no matter what, do your best to be reliable, do your best to be honest, and it doesn't matter what somebody else feels. Do what works for you. Just, just be honest, though. Let at least let people be able to depend on you to be honest about how you're feeling, what you're thinking, and what your position is. Definitely. And then Lisa, and then Crystal, and we will say good night. Lisa, your final words. I do. Um, I just I'm thankful for this topic because I never really looked at the reliability. You know, reliable with all of the things that's included in it, the trust, the safety, all of the, the foundation of the person. So I'm really thankful for this because if you are reliable, it just says so much about you and your integrity and your character as a human being. Oh my God, yeah, it does. Yeah, and I just would like, I, I would wrap and say, uh, being reliable is a vulnerable action, right? It's being yourself, being who you are despite um, dependent, uh, potential hurt and all that kind of stuff. And I think for me, I have a very sensitive spirit. So I have grown over the years and say, I'm going to be authentically me despite of even, 
if it hurts, if they hurt, but that is me being reliable. I'm gonna be authentic. And I'm not gonna put up walls and be angry, the angry black woman, or uh, you know, protect myself with different masks and things. I'm just gonna be committed to being who I am. So I think the number, the one of the starting points for reliability is authenticity and being who you are, regardless of past histories or anything like that. Amen. I love it, Crystal. Thank you for closing that because you're you're exactly right. I, that is being authentic, authenticity. Or I, I have two words I like to say that best describes me is authentically fearless. And reason being is because I'm going to be me no matter what, no matter what. I don't know how to do anything else. So you're right. That's the core. Be who you are. Be who you are. Okay, ladies, this has been great. Until we meet again. Good night, beautifuls. And to everyone else, good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.